Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. If you want to go ahead and grab your Bible, I said Wednesday night we got the biggest Bible on all of Washington Street right up here if you don't have yours. But I want to encourage you, bring yours. Let's say that one more time. I want to encourage you, bring yours. John chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Later on, there was a Jewish feast, festival, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Remember, he's leaving Galilee where he is honored, and now he's headed to a feast there in Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool. Everybody say pool. There is a pool. This is, uh, this is context of a country club in the first century. Amen? Really, if you study the text, historians tell us this. It goes on to say, which is called in Hebrew, Jewish, or Aramaic, Bethesda, having four, five porticos. I'm going to really try to read through all of this, but you know, I got to give a little bit of commentary here. History tells us this, that in the city of Jerusalem, there was two different springs. One spring that fed to this particular place where there was a pool and there was five porticos. And while there was five porches, your translation might say was because at one time, this was a place where high-ranking people went. This is where the priests went. This is where doctors went. This is where lawyers went. This is where Sadducees and Pharisees, high-ranking people that looked good and were well-class people, they had built up around this particular pool because this was a place of refreshment of where they were. But they were there. Bethesda is called the house of mercy or a place of grace. And it goes on to say, in these porticos lay a great number of people who were sick, blind, lame, withered, waiting for the stirring of the water. So now it's came a place where it was people of higher society. Now it's a place full of sick people. Can I tell you, who you are is who you hang out with. Can I say that again? Who you are is who you hang out with. You won't hang out with somebody who thinks differently than you. It's hard for you to hang out with somebody that's going to push you to be better. Lame people like to hang around lame people. And I'm not talking about lame that, dude, that dude is so lame. All right? And I'm not talking about somebody who walks with a limp. I'm talking about people that have been wounded. Wounded people like to hang around wounded people. It says... um, Uh, People who were sick, blind, lame, withered, waiting for the stirring of the water. See, what had happened was is the water dried up, and so those people didn't want to be around anymore. How many of y'all know successful people want to be in a place where things are moving? Right? Not stagnant. And so what happens is the water had become stagnant, and so the successful people left, and these people moved in. Now, I don't know if this is like, I've read many commentary, and this is one of those things. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord, Peter, take me to Jesus. I want to know, was this a true angel or was this like a superstitious deal? But the thing of it was, was this. They knew, we know that there was something that came down and stirred the water. You got to be careful in your life. If you're at a place where you come stagnant in whatever you do, if your business becomes stagnant, it will fail. Are you hearing me? If your marriage becomes stagnant, it will fail. When things are stagnant, they stink. They're gross. They're nasty. Nobody wants to be around them, just people that don't want to go further in life. And so here they are. They're sitting around there. For an angel of the Lord went down to the pool and, and appointed seasons and stirred up the water. The first one to go in after the water was, that was stirred was healed. So when this person, the angel would come down and stir the water, the first person to be inside of the water, they would be 
healed of their disease. Verse 5. There was a certain man there who had been ill for 38 years. Everybody say 38. When Jesus noticed him lying there, knowing that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? That is the title of my message this morning. That's what I want to ask America. Do you want to get, this ain't my words, this is Jesus' words. Do you want to get well? This is a question that I've asked people sitting across from me inside of my office. That they tell me of all their problems that they've had all their years. And I, want to, I say to them, I say, do you want to get well? How many of y'all know it's on us? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know it's on us? Heard this weekend, you got to battle for your blessing. The invalid answered, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I'm coming, someone else steps up, steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, when you read this in the Greek, here he is complaining, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up and I'm coming down and someone else comes in and he, what happens is this person, time before, there was a person before that. The Greek says that Jesus interrupts him. I love that. And he says, get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. He had to get moving. Now that day was the Sabbath. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, what you would have to share and speak through this sign. Lord, I pray today that it changes lives, that it changes mindsets. Lord, I pray that spirits heavy ones that have been on us that we put on ourselves Lord I ask the question as you said to us do you want to get better and so Lord I pray today for those that really do I pray Lord that there would be something that would be charged in them to do something different in Jesus name and everybody said amen but before you see to look at the person to your left and say uh, it's about time you came to church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Oh, I'll do it at the end. I'll do it at the end. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? It's a bunch of us men coming back from the men's retreat. I want to tell you, if you don't make it a goal to go next year, shame on you. I mean, my life was completely changed. But I do, uh, Jennifer, if you're in here, a part of the things when you sign up, you need to put on there whether or not you're a snore. <laughs> right, Kenneth? We, me and Kenneth, we had one inside of our bunk. He was tearing down the house. I'm telling you, like, I'm like, how is his lungs not completely dried out? And then he would stop, and I was like, Maybe he died. Thank you, Jesus. He died. I'll resurrect him in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Praise the Lord. We're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles here at the men's retreat. But I'm going to sleep until I raise him from the dead. Because then if he goes back to snoring, that'd be terrible. All right? Praise the Lord. But I was, I was pretty seasoned. I had a cousin that was pretty good at it. Amen? All right. Mark chapter 5, we've been studying this scripture, with this text, if you guys have been here over the last couple of weeks, in uh, uh, talking about the signs. And if you were here the first week in John chapter 2, we talked about how Jesus turned the, the water into wine. 
And he said at the very end of this, this is the first sign that reflects his glory. You know, I was thinking about this when Jesus was born. What, what happens in Luke chapter 2? He said, may this be a sign unto you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying inside of a manger. See what we saw in, in John chapter 2 in, in uh, turning the water into wine. What we see is a beautiful thing. And what I'm trying to communicate is this. And I gave you an example in the very beginning. See, we have a sign out in front. And it's uh, Arena of Life Church. If you was to pull up to the front of that sign and think that you were going to have church, you would be sadly mistaken. Because that sign is not where church is. How many of y'all know it's inside of here? Right? Now, you, some of y'all know like, I'm the church. Yes, I agree with all that. Help me out here, all right? We don't, we, we, we don't have the service out there by the sign. We have it here. It points us to something. And so, was it a miracle that Jesus turned the water into wine? Yes. But it was so much more than that. It was what Jesus does in our life. It was a sign to us. It points us to the Father that he takes putrid, nasty, gross. That was gross water. That was where they cleaned their hands, cleaned their feet. And he takes the nasty things of this world. He makes it from rags to riches. Aren't you thankful that he took your heart of stone and he made it a heart of flesh? That's a sign to us. And then if you're here last weekend, we we looked at the, the sign of the nobleman. Uh, and not only are these signs to, uh, to show us something, they're to instruct us of something. That this is what he does and this is who he is. In the, the healing of the nobleman's son, we see this, that he goes all the way across the country. He goes back to Galilee because he knows where honor is, miracles can happen. And I'm here to tell you, I hope that this last week you said, you know what? We're going to honor the Lord inside of our homes. We're going to honor the Lord inside of our marriage. We're going to honor the Lord driving down the road inside of our vehicles. We're going to honor the Lord because it unlocks honor, unlocks honor. Honor unlocks miracles. Honor first starts with the Word of God. And so today I want you to look, as we look at this story here and we see how he works in signs. The first scripture that, that came to my mind this morning is found in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16. It says, for a righteous man falls seven times. And rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of disaster and collapse. Come on, who's a righteous foe this morning? All right, three of y'all. We are going to have a big altar call at the end of the service. All right? How many of y'all are righteous people out there? Amen. Well, he says a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. You know what this means in the Hebrew? He rises again even after seven. And then after eight. And then after nine, he rises again and again and again and again. You know what this? What I love about this is because it's in verse 15. You can't understand it unless you read verse 15, but I wanted to read 16. I got ahead of myself because it's so exciting. But it says, do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not destroy his resting place. You know what I see right here? This is a warning to the wicked in verse 16 because no matter what you try to do, they will get back up again. Call me John Wick. You can shoot me as many times as you want to. The righteous may fall at my side 10,000 or, 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 or the 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing will come near my dwelling place. He'll keep his angels charge over me to keep me on all my ways that no evil befall me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can call me like Jason. I'm not going to die. I will live and not die, and I will declare the works of the Lord. 
There may be some things that come against me. There may be some things that stretch me. There may be some things that wound me and hurt me, but it does not disqualify me. It qualifies me to go before the king. Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, first service. Are you guys awake? I love it that we serve a God. I heard it this weekend. There's been times before that he has showed up at 11.59.59. But he will always show up for you. And looking at this story, he did it for this man after 38 years. What's your 38-year deal? You're like, I'm not even 38. Well, bear with me here. I'm just saying he's had this for a long time. What is something that you've been putting up with with for 38 years, 28 years, two years? What addiction has overwhelmed you for a longest portion of your life? What fear has came over you for a long portion of your life? What anxiety? What sickness? Is it alcoholism? Is it drugs? What is it? You, you, I'm just here to tell you this morning, this is a great story to tell us you can get up again. Well, pastor, how do we do this? Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the, the word because it's 942. The first way is this. You've got to answer the question, do you want to get well? Now, a lot of you are going to think that I'm very insensitive in this woke culture, but I do not care. Do you want to get well? I want you to think about that. Like right now is a time to vote. If you don't vote, shame on you. And my question to you is this. Do you want Amarillo to get well? Then go vote. The right way, anyway. Praise the Lord. But 38 years, he's been at the mercy of everyone else. I want you to think about this. For 38 years, he sat in the same spot. For 38 years, he's had to rely on other people. For 38 years, he's grown accustomed to the mat. For 38 years, people have had to feed him. People have had to give him something to drink. For 38 years, he has lived the same mundane, boring life in the hot, in the cold, sitting around the same people, thinking the same thoughts all the time. And his response when, he, when Jesus comes to him, it says, do you want to get made well? What I love is in the New Living Testament, he says, I can't. Can I just be your pastor this morning? There's a lot of you Christians that have this I can't mentality. Oh, well, that works for so-and-so because they were born a so-and-so, and, you know, they really they have that job or, or, or they have these things, and they're surrounded by these people, but I can't. No, their marriage may get, can get better, but, but, but mine can't. Many of us have been here in this, I can't be free. I can't trust God. I can't be loved. I can't forgive. I can't move on. It's, that sounds like a country song. How many of y'all know you can be in dysfunction so long enough that it becomes comfortable to you? And so when I see this sign right here that it's more than him healing a man of 38 years, it's more than him going to a place and showing up uh, with a miracle, it's more than that. It's a sign to me that no matter how long something's been a part of me that he wants to change it, but also too, he wants to change every area of my life. And you know why Christians say I can't? It's because they only give him one little thing. I heard it this weekend, and it was so good. When Jesus comes into your life, he don't want to rearrange the furniture. He wants to blow the house up. 
and that's what we want to do. Can I be honest with you? I'm asking you this question this morning. Do you want to get made well? Do you? Because this is what's going to have to happen. You can't just serve him on Sunday for an hour. It's got to change every area of your life. You're going to have to get some new friends. Amen? Some of y'all are going to have to get some new family. Come on. You're going, to have, you're going to have to surround yourself with people that are going to build you up. You rise and fall to the level of your friends. Are you hearing me today? Amen? Uh, the Bible's very clear about this particular thing. You're, 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 you're going to have, listen, he doesn't want to rearrange the furniture. He wants to blow the house up. Are you hearing me today? I hope you are. He's not after your habits. He's after your heart. But he knows if he can have your heart, he can get your habits. But you've got to give him your heart. Can I tell you, I'm saying this with so much passion and zeal, and I hope you don't think that I'm insensitive because that's not the case. This is why most people are not free. Because people are okay with him touching one area of their life and not their whole life. It's like this. Some of y'all, when you have guests come and stay at your home, you just clean the areas of what they will see. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the in-laws are coming or, or um, you know, we're having family, we're having friends over or whatever. And you just clean, you know, like the living room and the kitchen and the bathroom, the only bathroom that they're going to go to. But they... You know, when they start walking back to that one part of your house, show it your house. is like, this is all of it right here. You lie to them. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, it's the same way with us. Can I tell you, there's people that come into my office, and I begin to dig at some places in their life, and they don't want to open that door because it's messy and it's dirty. But here's the deal. If you don't open the door and begin to clean it, you'll stay where you have been for 38 years. I'm asking the question this morning, do you want to get made well? Clean the whole house. Blow the house up. Move out. Go into a new one. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. A new thing. Isn't this amazing? This is amazing till it's uncomfortable. People read this, a new thing. Some of y'all, y'all don't like anything new. Like talking about, hey, all right, all right, we're going to do some things different around here. We're going to change some things up. Some of y'all, your butt starts puckering up. Well, this is the way we've done it for 100 years. Can I tell you, people do this same thing in their life? I want to serve Jesus, but I want, to, I want to keep doing, you know, keep doing. I want to keep watching, and I want to keep listening, and I want to still keep hanging around. I knew it would get quiet in here. I was prepared. You want your marriage to get better? It's just like this. You want your marriage to get better? Then go to counseling. You want your marriage to get better? How about you apologize? And not say this, I apologize, but... If you wouldn't have, we're going to get that in a minute. See, he didn't get better. He couldn't because of somebody else. 
what you've got to do is, I'm going to ask you if you want to get better, if you want your marriage to get better, then you've got to get rid of voices of division. And that might even be family. Are you hearing me? You want to get out of debt? Stop spending. I've had this before all the time. I, will, I just want to say, they tell me their finances, and I'm like, do you want to get better? Then sell your car and buy a hooty. You're paying $800 on a payment that you can't afford? I know this is hard. Well, my Mercedes looks good. A Hyundai looks pretty good, too. Will it get you from point A to point B? Like, Pastor, why we got to be talking about finances? I just talked my wife into buying this car. I can see elbows flying across the room right now. <laughs> Me and Andy's had this discussion so much before, hadn't we? It's been a big discussion to us. People, they, they, they have a champagne taste on a beer budget. Can I be hillbilly this morning enough for y'all? But I want to ask you the question. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get better? Because if you still keep putting it on the credit card, it's at 24%. You're like, well, we'll do it when we can. You know, we got all this stuff going on right now. You never will. This is why I'm asking the question, do you want to get better? You want to get free? Get support. Get new friends. Get new hobbies. Well, I'm good till Friday till my friends call me. Get new friends. If you, if you only repent and don't replace, you're going to have to keep coming back to repent. You want to get healthier? Let's go to the next one. I, I don't know why I put that one in there. You want <laughs> Y'all know what to do. And so do I. Do I want to get better, Lord? Do I? <laughs> Brandy said, no, you don't. <laughs> Do you want to grow spiritually? Read your Bible. Pray. Seek the Lord. Here's one for you. Go to church. More than one time a month. There's somebody the other day, I ran into him at Packsack. He said, there's my pastor. I said, I hadn't seen you in church in three years. He said, well, we're going to come. I said, then I'm not your pastor. Because if I was, I'm going to chastise you right here in Packsack. He goes, whoa, I didn't mean it like that. And I said, yes, you did when you called me pastor. Then, then saint, man of God, shepherd of my, or sheep of my flock, get in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's be faithful to the house of God. I'd hate to be more faithful at Walmart than I am to the house of God. I know, I know Walmart feeds you, but this feeds you so much better. Praise the Lord. Man, I knew it would be quiet this morning. Y'all getting something out of the word so far? I hope you are. I mean, y'all know, I was thinking about this. He says, I love, Jesus is like such a savage here. He's like, do you want to get well? Do you? Do you want to get better? Like, do you? Because you're showing me that you don't. Do you want to, you want to get better? I believe the Lord's so good at asking questions. I was thinking this morning, Adam, he said, where are you? He said to Jacob, he said, who are you? The prophets, he asked him, what do you see? What is it that you see? And in this text right here, he says, do you want to get well? You know why I believe the Lord's good at asking questions? Because he, know, he knows this, that honesty brings freedom. And if I'm being honest, 
You're saying, Pastor, if I'm being honest this morning, I don't want to forgive. If I'm being honest, I don't want to be set free. If, if I'm being honest, I want to keep living the way that I want to. I just want to stay on this mat and stay around my friends doing the same thing that I've always done, getting the same results that I've always got. If I'm being honest, I don't want to move on. If I'm being honest, I don't want to let go. If I'm being honest, I don't want to be happy. See, until you get here, you won't be free. Number two, write it down. You will stay defeated when you blame someone else. We heard it this weekend. What, what did Shep say about, he said, a man stays defeated when he blames. A man is not defeated until he blames something else. Can I tell you, I meet a lot of defeated people all the time because all they want to do is blame somebody else. Somebody comes in, they're on their fourth marriage, and it's about to fall apart, and it's all their fart. Fault, fart. <laughs> it's all their fault. Fourth marriage. And I'm looking at them. This is number four. Is this really their fault? You're on your fourth job in a year? And every time it's always been somebody else, is it really their fault? Come on, I'm asking you this morning, do you want to get made well? They're losing friends left and right, left and right, left and right. They go through friends in a cycle all the time. Never can be happy with anybody in their life. And they come in, I've heard them time and time before, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. I just want to ask a question, is it really their fault? That's a hard pill to swallow. There's no one here to put me in, I can't, there's no one here to put me in. Yes, this is true, but I just want to say this this morning, if you decide to be at the mercies of somebody else's decisions, you will never be in the control of your own life. Like, I know that parent probably did something to you when you were young, and I know that that teacher may have done something to you when you were young, or that coach, or that politician, come on somebody, <laughs> or that ex, should I land on the ex for a little bit? No, I'll move on by the Spirit of God. The blame game is a game that you never win. You can't live a life of blame and victory at the same time. You know, I was thinking about this. Joel Osteen, he, years ago, like 10, 15 years ago, when he first came out with his first book, he, he, he would say this, um, you're not a victor, or you're not a victor. No, he'd say, you are a victor, not a victim. You're a victor and not a victim. And you know, there's lots of people, ah, he's just so positive. He's just always trying to build people up. But you know, honestly, in today's culture, he makes people mad because people want to be a victim and not a victor. That's the truth right there. That you telling me that I can be a victor and not a victim, that is mean and insensitive. Because people have embraced a victim mentality. You may be the victim, but don't take on the mentality. You will fail in life. Can I tell you this morning, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying you can't allow what they did to you to mark your life forever. I'll say this also. 
it, it will always be a part of your story, but not the theme. It'll always be a part of your story, but it, it, it should not be the theme. You know, one of the, one of the people, uh, Lucas, if you want to go ahead and come and play, one of the people that I thought of when I was thinking about this was Joyce Meyer. If you've ever read any of her books or if you've uh, ever heard her testimony, you know this about Joyce Meyer. How many of y'all know who Joyce Meyer is? Joyce Meyer, you can put your hand down. Joyce Meyer was molested by her father over 200 times. Over 200 times. Isn't it amazing the, the effect of ministry that she has? And, and what's so amazing about that was um, God called her to forgive. She talks about at the place where she was where God had called her to forgive her father. You know what's amazing about the whole story was this. Uh, she didn't want to. In fact, here's a quote that she said. I could not change how I felt, but I, but I could choose what I did, and I could choose how I would act. And at the age of 92, at the age of 92, her father apologized to her for everything that he'd done to her. Not only that, at the age of 92, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. I'm not being mean and insensitive. This morning I was preparing, I was thinking about the story of 1 Kings chapter 16. When the Spirit of the Lord comes to Samuel. Look at it, 1 Samuel 16, 1. He said, he tells to Samuel the prophet, he says, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? How long are you going to mourn for Saul? I'm going to ask people the same question this morning. How long are you going to mourn over that divorce? I'm not being mean and insensitive. I'm trying to get you over something that's held over your head for 38 years. And I'm asking the question, do you want to get made well? How long are you going to mourn over that death? How long are you going to mourn over losing that job? How long are you going to mourn over losing that friend? How long? Let me go ahead and go to it because there's something so good inside of that text that I want to make sure that you see. In 1 Samuel 16, it said, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve for Saul? When I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehem, for I have chosen a king for myself among his sons. He's saying, hey, I've already got something in place, but you've got to get over this in order for you to walk in the land flowing with milk and honey. I have something ahead of you. I have a king for you. But he's not going to become king if you're still over here in the tent morning. And I'm here to tell you, people of God, you won't walk in victory until you get over blaming somebody else. It was Saul's fault. Saul did this. Saul did that. If he wouldn't have done this, then this we wouldn't be in this position. No, 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 no. Thank, you should thank God for the Saul's in your life because you wouldn't be the person you are today if it wasn't for them. Here's number three. Write it down. He's start moving. What I love about this particular text right here was, he said, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk immediately. The man was healed. You know what this word healed in the Greek means? It means therapeo. Anybody know what therapeo means? In the English, therapeo. 
Therapy. Therapy. You know what therapy is? It's treatment intended for healing. You know what therapy does? It finds the root cause of where you're in pain and it brings healing to that. He's not saying, hey, you're going to be perfect overnight. Are you still going to have to fight some things? Yes, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up your pallet and walk. First thing I need you to do, I need you to stand. Think about it. I want you to stand. The miracle moment of leaving, mourning, and blaming, that is standing. Right? And then what do you do? He said, pick up your mat. What I love about the story, and I was talking to some men this weekend about this text because I've been picking it apart inside of my head, but I've been thinking about this particular moment right here. He says, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't say, leave it there. If I was Jesus, I'd say, leave it there. You don't need that anymore. But he said, I want you to pick it up and I want you to take it everywhere you go. You know why? Because you might be ashamed of your past, but there is somebody that can benefit from what you came out of. Are you hearing me this morning? Like you may be upset of what happened, but he didn't say, he said, I want you to pick it up and I want you, it's a part of you, but it's not who you are. Like if you got set free from drugs and alcohol, that's not to stay somewhere and to stay secret. People's lives are changed because Pastor Shannon picked up the mat he knew at one time he was addicted, he was bound. bound. Uh, Thomas knew he was addicted, bound. All these guys, Daniel, Brady. We know this about them because they've told us their story. And our lives are impacted because they picked up the map. It doesn't define them anymore. It doesn't hold them back. But what it does is, is it propels them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Man, I hope you get this this morning. Is this not a sign of who Jesus is? This is a sign of who Jesus is. And then he said, walk. It's the last thing I want to tell you. We heard it this weekend. And in fact, I, I taught on it. He must have read the same book that I did. I, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Trying is lying. And I read it in a book called The Gift. Trying is dying. You either try or you commit. Trying is lying. When you say, well, I'll try, you're lying. If I say to Kenneth, say, well, I, I want you to stand up. And he, if he tells me I'll, I try, I know he'll stand up because he can walk. He's going to stand up because he's committed to it. And I'm just here to tell you, if you want to be set free, you've got to stay hooked. Not only... He couldn't just stand. He couldn't just grab his pallet or his mat. But now he had to put one foot out in front of the other. And listen, he could not stop. He could not stop. Listen, this is a sign to us. This is a sign to us. Jesus wants you to be made well. But you've got to ask, answer the question. Do I? Because it's going to rock your world. It's going to change everything about it. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the one that leads to life. 
You can take all kinds of crap with you down an open gate. Think about that. Think about all the things, the dirty things that have been said to you, all those people that you blame. You can take all of them through, through a gate and live through life. The old ball and chain. Baggage after baggage after baggage after baggage. But he said, narrow is the gate that leads to victory. You can't take baggage down a narrow gate. You can't. You can only take you. In fact, you read that in the Greek. It is so narrow. It's like this. He's saying, leave all that stuff behind. And I'm not being mean and I'm not being insensitive. And there may be some things that you're going to have to work through. But if you've, been on, if you've been blaming somebody else for 38 years, it's time to answer the question. Do I really want to be made well? Do I? You know what this tells me? This is a sign of Jesus. It don't matter how long you've had it. We serve the Redeemer. It don't matter how long it's defined you. A mindset, a hurt, a pain. Listen, when you pick up that mat, that's not what's going to disqualify you. That's going to qualify you to go and be a world changer. And that's what he did. He went into town. Carrying that mat. Oh, you know the mat? You know this stinky, nasty thing? This is who I used to be. Not who I am anymore. This thing right here, it defined me for 38 years. 38 years. And I just finally had to answer the question. Do I really want to be made well? I believe today I do. I believe today you can walk in therapeo. And the best therapist is not Dr. Phil. It's not me. It's Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to introduce you to Jesus. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. I just want to see this morning with a show of hands. I want to ask, who's this message for today? And say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Amen. Lift your hand, keep it raised, keep it raised, because I want to pray for you. God, I pray for these, that their hands lifted up. God, I pray that you gave them the courage, give them the courage right now to fight the good fight of faith. Lord, I pray for them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that thing that hurt the past, that has robbed them of good life, of what they did or didn't do. God, today I pray that they answer the question, do I want to get made, do I want to get better? And Lord, it's, instead of saying I can't or someone wasn't here, my mom or my dad or my brother, or my sister, or my friend, my neighbor, whoever it is, God, we look to you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And I pray, God, that there's a shift in the atmosphere. I pray that there is a shift in the atmosphere. Lord, that you would be a sign to us right now of who you are and how good you are to us. So, God, right now, healing power flow through this room. Therapeo flow through the room. Therapeo flow through the room. We give it to you, Jesus. We stand, we pick up our mat, and we begin to walk.
We stand, we pick up our mat, and we begin to walk. We stand, we pick up our mat, and we begin. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.